Okay, so um, initiating force. Um, you, you, you're saying that that was part of the, the goals of the, the founding fathers. Now, well, that's okay. what they tried to oppose. That's, yeah, right. So, but from day one um, in the United States, they, you know, they landed there and started, started, uh, you know, implementing the private property system of from the uh, from the U the UK from from Britain and that meant necessarily taking you know fencing off putting lines around some land and who, who were they taking that away from that 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 didn't come from you know that just wasn't theirs um just because they were they happened to, to be there that it, it was used by um you know uh Indians is what they called them at the time and you know through the century they started just pushing more and more westward, kicking Native Americans off the land uh, in order to facilitate this private property. So I would say that's force. Um, I would say anytime, anytime you take what was once public land and saying, this is mine now, that is absolutely force and coercion. And saying, you can't come in here, this is mine. So the Indians is... Yeah, that's often brought up. Um, didn't we steal land from the Indians? In, in uh, some cases, we might have, but... Definitely did. Uh, in, in some cases, we might not have. So I don't think that um, if, if you're a... Uh, I mean, there's a question of what gives you the right to land. I mean, if you, if you land on a continent and there's, you know, Jamestown... And, um, you know, you find a little island and there's no one there, at least not not in the day you landed, let's say. I mean, do you, do you have a right to take that land over? What if, you know, some Indian comes by once every 300 years to shoot a buffalo with a bow and arrow? Does he have now a right to that entire island? Because, you know, maybe once every 300 years he's going to come by and shoot an animal. Um, I don't think it's obvious that he does. So I think we need to come up with a system of property rights and try to figure out, well, you know, what is it that entitles you to some land? Uh, did the Indians have a right to the entire continent? And so that, does that mean that, you know, no one could have ever come here? Did the Indians themselves even have a concept of rights? Did the Indians engage in millennia of tribal warfare where they slaughtered each other? Um, if so, then, you know, Europeans did that too. Did, did they, did, did they really have any greater claim than anybody else well, they to the lands or should we be, you know, attacking the Indians for being savages given the way they treated each other? Um, I think these are relevant questions. So I don't, I don't think it's obvious that, um, you know, we can just take for granted that what the Europeans did was entirely wrong and was stealing land. Maybe in some cases it was. Now, I think if if Indians were being peaceful, if they weren't engaging in massacres <laughs> unprovoked, um, then I don't think uh, it's right to attack the Indians. I, I think if you know if they're just um, engaging in agriculture on some set of land, I don't think anyone has. I don't think any Europeans have a right to kick them off that land or to steal what they've taken. I think they can trade. They can at least offer to engage in trade with those Indians. Um, but I don't think they have a right to kick them off that lands. 
if they did kick them off that land, then I think that's that's a violation of their rights, and that shouldn't have been done. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you you acknowledge that that uh, you know perhaps some of some of the at least some of the uh, the land uh, seizures may may not have been um, uh, done without coercion. Now, I mean, I'm sure you've seen a map before of Native American reservations in, in the United States now and what that looks like. Um, I mean, I'm sure you can I'm sure you can imagine if you if you just look at a map, it's about what, 99 percent um, owned by the colonists currently now. And uh, the Native Americans are, are left with tiny little par- parcels scattered around the mid and western United States. In fact, the the East is almost entirely they wiped out. They got pushed out. Now, from what you were describing, most of most of the most of what was done was justified um, for some reason, um, or maybe through deals or whatever. Uh, I don't. I can't imagine twenty million um, Native Americans agreeing without coercion to how this map looks now, right? If they, if if you, you think you know back in seventeen seventy six or no, sorry, not seventeen seventy six in the sixteen hundreds or whatever, when when they first encountered the Jamestowners, um, they said, okay, here's the deal we're going to give you. We're going to take ninety nine percent of your land. And uh, you can have these little patches in the West, and you have to move. By the way, you can't live here anymore. Uh, you you think that is that is that a, a is that something they would have agreed to without force? I don't think so. Well, they, I mean, they, there's a lot of Indian groups. I mean, they're, they're not a monolithic um, tribe, and as I, I mean, they fought amongst themselves. So they they're saying they're wiped themselves out. All of a sudden, in a hundred years, and may, I think I think some of them did try to exterminate other tribes. Actually, um, so that explains the, why they don't have any land anymore. No, I'm just saying that um, they're not a monolithic group. It's not like there was one one nice group of Indians who were totally peaceful, and we just kicked them all to some some you know tiny tiny remotes place in the west there are lots of different tribes and they fought amongst themselves and i mean they would lie you know some would ally with the french some would ally with the british and they would kill each other in the wars that european countries were fighting in the french and indian wars and you know there all these treaties were made um many different treaties with many different groups how many of those treaties um, were respected by the french and the british i don't know i don't know like all the history of this but i'm just saying there's there's no, i don't think there's one simple answer that says you know they you know we just we just kicked the indians off their lands into this one tiny place and, and it was unjustified i think it's it's more complicated than that which is not to say there weren't unjust things done um but i think if there you know insofar as there were unjust things done insofar as there were initiations of force i oppose that i don't think it should have been done okay but you could have asked them you know to assimilate or you know if they don't want to assimilate they can be on their some plot of lands and uh maybe trade if they want but i don't think they should be kicked off it if they're being peaceful 
if they're being pre- so okay so um yeah if they're if they're being peaceful um shoot i had something to say um I, okay, so I think that I think the difference here is you see you see capitalism as an ethical system from the outset, like in, inherently ethical, um, that it helps promote freedom. What I'm trying to explain to you is that capitalism emerges materially out of history, and it emerges a certain way. You can't do it without without blood and theft. And without expropriation, um, there's there's no there's no version of, of capitalism that can can come about any other way. If you have societies as they all were, with ninety percent of the population living off the land, um, and you need to get industry going, and you need to the, you're trying to get the private property system going, um, at some point you have to make a change materially, and that's going to be to kick people off the land. Um, and that's going to be also to go to the to the new world and get uh, extract resources and send them back. Um, now, so like you know, there there is no there is no uh, modern United States or Britain without the colonies, um, because that's where the wealth, the all, all that extra wealth came from, uh, in order to get industry going, to get you know the factories off the ground and the the railroads and the steam and um, in the mills, um, it it doesn't it can't really happen otherwise. You can't raise enough capital or generate enough wealth without having done that um, col- colonization and uh, and invasions and, and violence to begin with. Um, and and capitalism, like you seem to, I think yeah, you you have kind of a divorced from the material world idea of what like capitalism is an idea it's a mode of production it's a it's a way people organize society oh shoot i'll fix that um here i'll let you respond oh okay well i i don't accept that uh capitalism has as part of it that you have to invade uh other people's lands and engage in thefts I think that's. I don't see any reason time. for that. It happened at, like at every everywhere capitalism emerged early. That's what happened. The, uh, I mean, there's the the fact that there was some instances of theft, um, which all grants doesn't mean that it had to happen or that would it have, wouldn't have been better. I think it would have been better if there weren't. It could have had even a, a stronger system um, if they had respected rights all all along. Um, I think you know you get more value that way, more trading partners. If you're not conquering people, instead you're you're um, treating them as respected equals, and you can trade with them. They'll be much better disposed towards you. It's in your interest 
to to respect people's rights 